In this lesson, we will consider the introduction or how exactly the law of trust comes into play in relation to UK law. Now, before we move on, a very comical as it may seem, definition of trust would be that it is a love child of equity. Now, you might wonder what exactly equity is in that case. Well, if you consider the types of courts which are prevalent within the United Kingdom, you would have, on the one hand, the common law courts, which deal with contractual matters, tort law and restitution, and the courts of chancery, which deals with the laws governing fiduciaries and trusts. The former, or the common law courts, are less conscionable than that of the courts of chancery. And you'll understand what I mean by this when we go into the next section. The English legal system itself derives its legal principles, or the law itself, from either Acts of Parliament or Judge-made law. Now, Judge-made law is based on precedent, but can be divided into common law and equity. Now, the origins of this, historically, is that when there was a question of conscience in play, the king would give his or her, queen in that case, decisions. But with economies of scale, cases became uh, not few and far in between, but quite prevalent, and due to the duties that the king had, he had to delegate this to the chancellor. Once this was done, the chancellor slowly branched into equity and then the court of conscience. Now note, however, that equity can overrule the principles of common law. That does not mean that these two elements, the common law and equity, are not equal. They are. However, the way that both of these uh, sections or both of these divisions of law or areas within the UK function can be different based on the matters at hand. So, just to outline, equity cannot exist without the common law, but the exception to which is trust. So, we've been discussing this concept um, in a very, uh, uh, very simplistic manner, but in reality, what exactly is a trust? Well, quite simply, it's a device in which rights, either personal or proprietary, are held by one person on behalf of another. So what does this mean? Well, basically, it's where one individual wants another individual to have a certain set of rights or privileges, but goes through an intermediary to do so. So you have who's called a settler, who is the person who creates a trust. So he's the individual with the absolute ownership of personal or proprietary rights. He bestows these rights by virtue of a trust onto a trustee, who in turn holds this the properties or, or personal chattels on behalf of a beneficiary whom the rights are held on behalf of. Now, this might seem quite complex and it might seem uh, daunting to understand or fathom, but for those of you who uh, are familiar with contracts or commercial law, you might understand the concept of agency, where you have a principal, an agent, and a third party. So these three actors, as I like to call them in trust law, uh, namely the settler, the trustee, and the beneficiary, are in turn almost supplements, or rather can be compared to, not entirely however, but can be compared to for, for simplification purposes with the, uh, with the rules pertaining to agency. So the settler, who is the absolute owner of the rights or the privileges, gives it, in, in a very simple context, gives it to a trustee to hold on behalf of and for the benefit of a particular beneficiary. So you might wonder why exactly this is done. Why wouldn't the settler directly give what he wants to the beneficiary? 
Well, there are several reasons for this, actually. So the trust instrument is created and this trust relationship is built on the fact that either, for example, the beneficiary might be a person who cannot manage or who cannot own these rights at that moment of time. This could be either due to the fact that the beneficiary is a minor, the fact that he is not of age, or even the fact that he is mentally incapable of contemplating or controlling or managing an asset of this nature. So a trustee is put in place as a fiduciary to hold on behalf of said beneficiary until he or she is capable of, of actually utilizing or using these rights or, or the ownership of it. So for example, in the case of a child, a minor, the settler might be a father or a grandfather who creates a trust so that when uh, his son or grandson reaches the age of 21, bestows the estates, the ownership, the rights of whatever it might be from the trustee uh, or rather what has been bestowed on the trust, trustee to the beneficiary. Another less prevalent reason, but a lot of case law suggests this as well, is tax management. There is a good deal of case law that indicates that where uh, a particular asset has been transferred or is part of a trust property, that there are exemptions in place. So we'll have a look at that uh, throughout the next sections of the course. Finally, there is a requirement where sometimes a settler, a person with rights, wants the enjoyment of those rights to be uh, benefited by the beneficiaries over a certain plane of time. So he might want uh, person A to benefit it from it, uh, or other person A to benefit from it, uh, for a period of five years, followed by B, C, and so on. Now note that trusts can be created not only by settlers, but by court as well. Because up until now, our discussion has been focusing on this individual called a settler who creates a trust. But in reality, a court also can create a trust where there is some sort of unfairness that might be due to a beneficiary if there is no trust in place. These trusts are called constructive trusts. We will discuss constructive trusts in our next topic, which is types of trust. But for now, understand that a, a, a trust can be created by a settler as well as courts of law as well. Now, when it comes to rights or properties, there are certain titles which are bestowed upon people which define the ownership. Now, on the one hand, you have what is called a legal title. A legal title is the definition which is put on paper. It is in writing. It is expressly mentioned. And on paper, theoretically, the owner of that has the legal title. However, when it comes to trust law, you have the legal title holder and the equitable title holder. In this context, the trustee who has on paper the rights to whatever estates or personal or proprietary rights of the settler has the legal title. But the equitable title is with the beneficiary. And why this is important is because the trustee becomes accountable to the beneficiary. So, for example, when a child reaches the age of 21, if there is a defeasible interest, if there is a requirement for the trust instrument to get activated, the beneficiary can actually hold the trustee accountable for what is due to him from the settler. That was a quick outline or a quick introduction to trust law. From this point onwards, we will dive deep into what type of trusts are available or what types of trusts can be constituted. From that point onwards, the various notions of trusts being implemented by courts of law as well. So in the next lesson, let's have a look at the various types of trusts.